Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson, and I got two little nuggets for us today. I promised that we were going to talk about the defensive roster makeup, and you can find that. I have a very extensive 1,700-word article on the site. You can go check that out, where I really break it down with names and all that, kind of like we did offense earlier in the week, but you're not getting that today. Maybe tomorrow. Um, I want to talk about a couple things. A short little segment here on the Browns trading for Elijah Moore, who I adore, to be honest with you. And I'll be honest, when I saw the details of the trade, and here's the trade. They got a third from the Jets and more for a second. But the discrepancy between the picks was 32 picks apart. So, they moved 32 picks backwards from round two to round three, a full round, really, and got more. Which I, when I immediately saw the deal, I'm like, a third and more for a second. Why did the Steelers do that? You know, and I still kind of feel that way, but I'm sure there's 20 fan bases out there saying the same thing. I think he's a really good player and he can play inside, he can play outside. He was consistently open last year and the Jets quarterbacks were so bad, namely Zach Wilson that he got really, really frustrated and they're no longer friends. He wanted out. They let him go. They signed me Cole Hardman. Um, two nuggets, though, is I wonder uh, this Aaron Rodgers to Jets stuff has been lagging and lagging and lagging. And a lot of it apparently is over. What are we going to give up for Rodgers? And I wonder if the Jets said, hey, we don't want to give up our first round pick. We, But now we got two seconds. What about if we give you Corey Davis two seconds and a future pick? Okay, you know, now we have a different set of cards in our hand to negotiate with than we did before. You have a better pick that you could offer. So maybe that was a catalyst for getting this deal done. Maybe they told the Browns, hey, we can move Elijah Moore. We're going to move him no matter what. We just signed Michael Hardman. But we need a a early to mid second round pick in our pocket to, in order to make our next deal, which was Rogers or, you know, um, but we're not as concerned about Rogers as jet. Some point that's going to get done, but real quick on the brownies, the, what I've been told and what I think is going to happen there is they are going to be a lot less run oriented. You know, they let Kareem hunt go. The Johnson just left is traded for a receiver. Several people have told me that they want to make this much more of a spread, Deshaun in the shotgun, three wide, receiving tight end, the Joku, um, still a good offensive line. But I think they're going to be a lot more pass happy now that they have Deshaun for a full offseason and all the, that good stuff. So I think the way the Browns play football on offense is going to be drastically different. And I thought that for a while. But this trade implies that even more so, you know, you're going to have Amari and Peoples-Jones on the outside. More most likely will be the slot, even though he can line up outside as well. And a receiving tight end, Deshaun in the in the shotgun with Chubb next to him. And it's a little less friendly for Chubb. He was preferred to have behind center runs, but he's really good. And, you know, he'll make do, I'm sure. It's a pretty dangerous group, though. Um, I do think the running game will suffer a little. I would think that maybe they don't resign Chubb when his time comes up or you franchise him and send him on away. But I think they're going to be a lot less running back dependent and a lot more Deshaun Watson dependent, which if you're going to make that trade and dedicate that kind of cap space to him, you probably should have seen this coming. So not a huge surprise, but just trying to get you guys in the minds of the Brownies. Um, little little break here. And then I got a fun little thing that I've been, little pet project I've been dealing with. 
Okay. For the last year or two, I've been into this, but I'm going to dig into it even heavier this year. And it's RAS, RAS. It's Relative Athletic Score. And what that is, you can, just, you can go to RAS.football and find all the relative athletic scores for basically everyone that's been drafted in a long time, including these upcoming prospects. And I'm referencing it more and more. Well, what's relative athletic score? It's a combination of... It's kind of like SPARK, which I forget what SPARK stands for, speed, blah, 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 S-P-A-R-Q. But it's a combination of all your athletic testing, and it factors in your size, factors in the position you play, you know, quarterbacks versus quarterbacks. Um, you know, if you're a super fast dude, but you're only 160 pounds, that's different if you run the same time at 220. You don't get as much credit if you're smaller. So... I reference it a lot with incoming prospects. Boy, super athletic, but his change of direction stuff's bad. And you can click on each player. You know, you can click on Peter Skoronsky, and it'll tell you these are all his green categories, which are elite, you know, and then you look at his arm length and it's red because it's the opposite of elite. It's poor. And then there's a yellow in between. But another feature you can do is you can sort by teams, and what I did was I picked the last six Steeler drafts and I picked six because that was Watts class. I was going to do five. And I'm like, ah, TJ's the year before. Let's include him. He's obviously a prominent member of the team. I didn't want to go back all the way to Hayward. Um, I understand that this is going to be a new regime picking, but I don't think their philosophy in terms of scouting has changed dramatically with Kevin gone. But I wanted to go through, <clears throat> and you can see there's some patterns, you know, like of all the athletic scores of the Steelers draft picks over the last six drafts, I'm going to read them off in terms of who scored the best all the way down to who scored the worst. And you can sort of see where sometimes mistakes are made where you draft athletes instead of football players, or man, this guy was a bargain because he didn't score well, but he came to the league and was really, really good, or... You know, in TJ's case, his Raz is phenomenal and he lived up to it and he's a good football player. Like all the worlds collided. So here we go. So these are based out of 10. 10 is a perfect score that basically no one ever attains. Chase Claypool was a 9.98. He is the best relative athletic score that the Steelers have drafted over the last six years and one of the best that's come out of school, of course. I mean, he's in the 99th percentile, basically. I mean, uh, of anyone at his position, his size, his, you know, and we saw how that worked out. I mean, there's more to the position than just being big, fast, strong, change direction, all those things. TJ is next. He's at 9.92. Edmonds, who rumor has it when I'm recording, has said goodbye to the team. I'm, I can't confirm that at this moment, but that wouldn't shock me, is next. He's at 9.89. Josh Dobbs, 9.6. Really athletic for his position, but so is Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett's next at 9.54. I didn't know that till now. I didn't look up his Raz until just today. Doesn't surprise me. I, I've told you guys, and not that I missed it at Pitt, but watching him in a Steelers uniform, he is twitchier, faster, accelerator, change direction. He's a better athlete than I thought, and I don't think people lump him in as a highly athletic quarterback, but I think they're wrong. I mean, he is a very, very athletic quarterback. So all these guys are green. All these guys are well above average. Uh, 
Colin Holba, the long snapper is next. Great, whatever. Um, Devin Bush was next. Not surprising. Size probably hurt him. He's at a 9.32. Pickens comes in at a 9.35. Um, actually, I'm sorry. He's a 9.37 for Bush, and Pickens is a 9.33. Buddy Johnson, remember him? Really athletic dude. Not much of a football player. 9.23. Kendrick Green. The athleticism's there. That's why I like the pick when it happened. I'm wrong. His technique is bad. 9.22. Maybe he can hook on somewhere else. I mean, I think his life here is over. Um, Calvin Austin, even at his size, highly, highly athletic. 9.05. He's right ahead of Brian Allen. Remember him? Um, Justin Lane is also just under nine. Dan Moore Jr., not often given credit as an upper-tier athlete. But he is. He's at 8.71. Carlos Davis was athlete, not football player, as was his, his brother. Marcus Allen's always been a decent athlete, but never just doesn't fit in on the defense. So therefore, he's a special teamer. He's at 8.53. Ulysses Gilbert was somebody I was really high on. I loved his preseasons. I loved his flashes. I loved his athletic ability. A lot of these linebackers, though, are athletes that don't hit. You know, Bush is the poster boy, but Allen, Gilbert, there's several of these dudes, second-level guys that you can – athleticism in the second level gets a little bit overrated. Keon Adams was a really good athlete. Oh, well. Okay, so these guys come in as yellows, which is basically average. Alex Highsmith is a 7.88. Jalen Samuels, 7.80. Uh, here's a couple other of the yellows. Juju was a seven seven six. The Marvin Liao seven three five. Which, looking at him pre-draft, I thought he'd be a green for sure. And even watching him as a Steeler, I think he's more of a yellow than a green, which concerns me because he's not the biggest. I mean, I'm not out of the woods yet with Liao. Um, Awaila Khan, the quarterback, he's a, an average one is two. So it was Antoine Brooks. So it was Mark Robinson, which surprises me because he plays like a green. Maybe he just didn't have a great testing day. There's some of that too. I mean, you can't put too much faith in the numbers because these are human beings and maybe they had a bad day or whatever. But still, I mean, it's a composite score of all the stuff you've put on every number you've produced. Cam Sutton's an average one at 631. Quincy Roche, who is back with the team in case you didn't know is a 6.31. Sutton Smith didn't make it, 5.76. James Washington, that doesn't surprise me. He is the last of the yellows. I remember liking the pick when it happened, but I remember being on the air 10 minutes after the James Washington pick saying, if this guy doesn't work out, it might be because he's not quite big enough or quick enough to be a possession guy. Not quite fast or explosive enough to be a down-the-field guy. And that's kind of what he was. He was kind of okay at everything, not real good at anything specifically. So these are the Reds. And there's some pretty good players in Reds. So don't overreact to combine scores necessarily. You know, these guys are all 4, 6, 5 or below. Remember, Juju was a 9.98. You know, these guys are considered like half the athlete. James Conner, 4, 6, 5. Conner Hayward. 4-6 flat. Anthony McFarland, 4-3-6. I thought he'd be much higher on this list, but he's on the smaller side. That doesn't help him. Deontay, really low, 4-3-1. Now, I remember, I don't think I interviewed him, but there were interviews with Deontay Johnson about his 40 time, 
you know, coming out of Toledo. And he said, I never practiced running the 40. <laughs> and I remember looking at him or thinking at him and going, why on earth wouldn't you? I mean, you could have got drafted maybe a round higher. But his thought was, it doesn't make me a better football player. There's so much to track training to getting your 40 down. And he didn't want to waste the time doing it. He wanted to work, waste his time, not waste his time. He wanted to use his time running routes. So he publicly admitted it. <laughs> and I'm sure he put some time into the 40, but some of these guys just trained for the 40 and he didn't. So that one might be a little bit of a misnomer because he does not play like a bad athlete. Chooks comes in at 396. Mason Rudolph, I really don't care, but he's 395. He's not a great athlete. This one worries me a little bit is Isaiah Loudermilk. He's also a 365 guy because I see him as a raw project toolsy dude and he might not make it if you would wish he had more athleticism to lean on considering his traits and his production and all that. So maybe his ceiling, maybe his calling card is going to always slow him down. This doesn't shock me at all. Benny Snell's next. Derwin Gray is next. Oh, well, Trey Norwood didn't run well, and that's starting to show up more and more the more you watch him. He's a 286 or a 284. Zach Gentry is, I know I pick on Zach Gentry a lot, but he's a 253 and plays like it, to be very honest with you. So that's it. Uh, oh, no, there's a couple more. There's two more left. Isaiah Bugs is really low, and Joshua Frazier is just over a two. And then there's three guys that don't count because they don't have official workout numbers. Fryermuth, Najee, Dotson, Presley Harvin. Who cares? So those guys don't have a score. They're blank at this point. So I don't know. I thought that was fun. I think you can kind of see some trends there. But a lot of greens. I mean, the Steelers certainly have drafted their share of strong athletes. Not all of them work out. And some of those Reds did. So I don't know. Just one way of looking at things. I mean, I think you could do this with every team. I'm trying to figure out how to use the site a little better, and maybe you could sort by every. I'd love the 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 ability to sort every team's roster by who has the most greens, who has the most reds, who has the highest average score compared to the other 31 teams. I don't think that's a feature you can do right now, and frankly, I'm not going to put in 100 hours of work just to figure that out. Um, but that's a wrap. All right, take care.